This Saturday, October 31st, on Open Loops, we are going to be making podcast history. I am your host, Greg Bordstein, and for the first time ever, Tim Seitz, the happy hypnotist, is going to join me live on the air to hypnotize someone and take them to another dimension. That's right. I will be interviewing someone from another galaxy, an interdimensional space being, never been done before, never to be done again. Get ready. It's Halloween on Open Loops, Conversations That Bend. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Remember on Halloween where you get to the person's house and they take out the bowl and say, grab as much as you want. No, no, no. Grab more. Grab even more. Normally, this podcast is, I describe it as a theme park for your brain and your heart and your consciousness expanding. If you wanted your expansion of mind to be like riding the most fun roller coaster in the world, that's what I aspire for this show to be. Now, what actually is this episode? It's a grab bag of candy at the best haunted house in the neighborhood. Lights. That that creepy track of the Halloween noises that you bought at you know, Party City, Cobwebs. This is that episode of Open Loops, day before Halloween. We have a very special one tomorrow. But this episode, Stephanie Bingham, I say it was one of my favorite episodes. It really was. It really was to record because Stephanie, in addition to being a psychic medium, yeah, I've had those on. Um, in addition to telling me about exorcists and stuff like that, I mean, I've had people talk to me about their interactions with spirits and all that stuff. Stephanie sees fairies. Yeah. Stephanie hangs out with 
vampires. Yes, she insists she sees it all. It's all real. And she also happens to be very academic and a skilled communicator and lecturer at universities on this topic. As a matter of fact, these topics, as a matter of fact, Stephanie really talked to me a lot in this episode about how her entire college experience was actually becoming popular on campus because of her ability to speak to the, perhaps shall we say, not human, but conscious things around her that she saw that no one else could see, that some people could feel. This episode gets a little scary at times. This episode gets a little unbelievable at times. I actually turned to her at the end of the episode, and I said, Stephanie, why am I turning to you? Because we're on a Zoom call. But then the other thing I also said to her at the end of the episode was, if you are in fact an actress, because she does have an acting background, if you are in fact an actress and you are making this entire thing up, that was one of the most amazing performances I've ever been prone to. She insisted she wasn't. She also told me something else about her that made me go, oh, oh, you, you your roots are, your roots are even more mysterious than I thought. Stephanie Bingham brings it all. She's been on the CW before. She's been on Sci-Fi Channel before. She goes to paranormal conventions all over America. She's awesome. And she was such a delightful guest. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. If you enjoy conversations like this, please do rate, leave a review, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It, it really helps me out. And please, without further ado, trick or treat, it's Stephanie Bingham. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Stephanie Bingham, a strange little lady exploring the weirdness around her. Um, I didn't make that up. That's what's on her Twitter handle. Um, and she came to me to tell me, hey, Greg, I think I'd be a great guest for this podcast because um, I study spirits and uh, from a historical side of things, and I've lectured at universities and talked about it. Um, you know, you've been described as a psychic historian. You, I, I'm just, first off, thank you for coming to Open Loop, Stephanie. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm like very excited to dig in to all the stuff that you love. Um, and, you know, you were even telling me, I just asked you before the interview, like, what do you love talking about that you don't talk about enough? And you said, I mean, <laughs> what did you say? It was about spirits. It was like a type of spirit that is a little taboo. It's an inhuman spirit. Uh, it covers things like fairies and jinn and demons and angels and nature spirits. Everything that's not human or never was human. Wow. Those are, and, and 
do you what is your experience with those do you see them do you have you are you just looking at it historically like how do you uh develop such a curiosity about these things so both actually um when i looked at it from a historical perspective i went into history specifically because from the time i was about a year and a half old i've been seeing dead things people inhumans just all sorts of weirdness around me and i sort of wanted a context for myself to prove to me that other people before me have gone through the same thing. So that's specifically what I studied was voodoo and spiritualism in uh, sort of 19th century America and how it affected women and how it allowed them to overcome their particular life situations, basically. But the Inhumans really started pretty early for me. I had a lot of strange things in the woods near my home when I was growing up. So we had a lot of oddness there. But by the time I got to college, I mean, it didn't help that I ended up rooming with another psychic in college. It made my life really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious about what <laughs> happened there. What? Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that's crazy. How'd you know she was psychic? I mean, well, uh, you want the whole story? <laughs> that's the obvious question. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell me the story. I want to hear this. Okay. So she and I are both in the honors program at school. Uh, and honors in this particular program has. They don't call it a calling class, but it's totally a calling class. It's every day of the week, and you have to turn in like a paper, like a two-page long paper every day yeah, um, just to weed out everybody. So it was at that class, and I saw her, and she was drawing something, and it looked very familiar to me. Never spoken to the girl before outside of saying like, hi, how are you doing, stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, what are you drawing? She said, Nothing took the paper and threw it in the trash can. Whoa. I went up, picked the paper out of the trash can. I still have it. And uh, I recognized what she was drawing. It was a creature that I'd seen before. And so she saw me take it out of the trash can, but she went her way. I went mine. And then a couple of hours later, she found me, told me she thought I was possessed by the devil going to hell, but she needed my help to get a ghost out of her dorm room. Uh, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What? How is this person? Okay, keep going. Keep going. This is great so, so far. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we met. And uh, I went with her. Uh, she had a dorm mate at the time who was refusing to sleep in her room because the tall, dark, inky-like figure that was in their room would watch them sleep. So her roommate refused to stay in the room. I go into the dorm with her and her roommate is exactly where we expected to find her in the lobby of the dorm with a blanket and a pillow. Um, completely not sleeping in a room and I go in there and I walk in and I'm like, yeah, there's a dead thing there. Okay, cool. And, uh, she's like, we'll get rid of it. And I'm like, it was here before you. It's not actually hurting you. It's not really doing anything other than just being there. You should yeah. probably let it be. And I was like, well, how did it get in here? And she's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then she's like, well, we heard about these guys that opened a portal with a Ouija board and then burned it. And I was like, well, what is, guess what? what you got a roommate. This? What school <laughs> is this you're going to? <laughs> uh, like, Eastern Kentucky University of all places. <laughs> what? Did you know you yeah. were signing up for this? Like our kids, I mean, kids are like into taking bong hits and, and you know, <laughs> playing beer pong. Like, why are kids at East Kentucky University, like, why are they talking about opening portals to other dimensions? I think that they were just playing around with the Ouija board, brought something in and didn't know how to close it. 
It's a very common issue in this area. I assumed it was nationwide, but people open something, they freak out, and then they stop the session without ending it, without closing that portal back down. And whatever they've let through is still hanging out. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you, are you? I, you're not being sarcastic, are you? Are you saying this no, is I'm a common? Not. <laughs> this is a common yes. issue. People I've open seen it, it multiple up. times. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What? Now wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say this, and this is what's so interesting about you to me, Stephanie. Like I'm like, why? Is this person seeing stuff that we're not? So, so you're saying like on a regular basis, people aren't even aware that they're accidentally opening up portals and th- things are just lingering. Nine times out of 10, if you do end up opening a portal like that, nothing bad's going to happen. You might end up with a nice little human spirit or an animal or something that pops in. It might move something. You might notice it. You might not. But there's the right. off chance that when you do it, you're going to let in something that is bigger and scarier than you intended to. And suddenly you have an inhuman roommate that you're not really wanting to be there. And that's when I get called generally. And I think that's why I see it so often is because I suddenly became the person you go to when you have something in your house that the ghost hunting team down the street doesn't know how to get rid of. Wow. That is Oh my gosh. I'm not even sure we like finished the story about this psychic roommate. <laughs> we didn't. <yet>. Um, <laughs> you are, I, I feel like I'm about to do like a 10 hour interview with you because this, I'm sure you have the most outlandish stories in the world. I have some crazy stories. I'm loving this. This is like the best thing ever. Okay. So, so we're going to get into why you're the special person that people call, but circle back to, so there's this portal that people have opened up by accident this like tall dark figure in the room that you're seeing that these people aren't even i mean they they do feel this sense um are they seeing this spirit at all or are you just seeing it and you have to tell them my future roommate could see it and her roommate could feel it enough that it was scaring her okay so it was it was a whole thing but basically i have a beyond full class i maxed out all the hours i could take i did not have any free time at this point in time yeah. And the ghost in her room wasn't hurting her. It was doing nothing other than just hanging out. Now, given the thing was probably a foot wide and as tall as the ceiling, it was a giant, skinny, dark figure, you know. Wow. Pretty typical thing. But it wasn't malicious. It wasn't malevolent. It was just there. So I didn't see the reason to literally try and squeeze this into my already insanely busy schedule. And I basically told her, if you don't want to live with it, then change rooms not a big deal and i sort of left it at that um i also was i also changed rooms at the same time because i didn't want to be in the dorm i was in so i move into my new dorm and lo and behold who walks in the door the girl from the other dorm so i told her she didn't want to live with other ghosts to change rooms she did and she ended up being my roommate in the oldest building on campus oldest dorm on campus so yeah okay okay (laughs) so she shows up now she's and this is the person that called you like a devil yes Mm -hmm. okay so Mm -hmm. at what point does this accuser become some sort of like like how do we know that she becomes psychic she was always psychic she's always had these experiences it's always something that had been in her it's how she sort of worded it, how she sort of learned to deal with it, really. Um, Her family had been religious, 
Mm-hmm. So she was sort of dealing with what am I seeing? Is it a demon? Is it a devil? Is it a ghost? What is this whole thing? So I did with her what I've done with a lot of people that have these same sort of quirks. There were certain places on campus that had residual spirits that would do the same thing in the same pattern pretty reliably. So I took her to one of these places. I wrote down what I had seen, took her out there, had her write down what she saw, and we traded papers so she could see that I was seeing the same thing that she was. And it was just sort of that confirmation. And from then on out, we just sort of, well, we had no choice. We teamed up and we wreaked havoc on the campus, basically. Oh yeah. my gosh! What <laughs> As you do. As you do. did you? Were you like like what is what is two like psychic girls going nuts when the, between the ages of eighteen and twenty two? Like what does that look like? In like like are you going the frats like and, and reading bombs? Like what is what is the insanity <laughs> of that? So I was never into the party scene. My life was crazy enough without alcohol. So I didn't do that whole business but being in the oldest dorm on campus it came with its own spirits the civil war had taken place literally a mile away from where we're at one of the larger battles in the state so we had lots of sort of transient spirits and things like that and a few residents in the dorm so it doesn't take long in an enclosed space like that for everybody on the floor to realize that guess what they see dead people and suddenly people are knocking on your door in the middle of the night saying hey this thing just moved great move it back go back to bed it's fine you know Uh, these are the things (laughs) these are the things that happen and uh they started becoming attracted to us and it just it sort of spiraled up into a lot of really really high strangeness for the next three and a half years what is i mean did this ever get to like the attention of any of the staff oh the staff knew yes the staff definitely knew like, was this a situation where they'd be like, you know, like in colleges, it's like uh, the movie Animal House. It's like, Animal House? Oh, we have to expel you. These kids are causing troubles. Like, was anybody ever like, okay, we need to get rid of these two girls. They're freaking everybody out. Like, there is clearly some weird stuff going on. I can't tell if it's a trick or if it's real. Like, did you ever have that level of controversy? Or were Never people had just- anything like that. Um, I did have sororities come to me and ask me to remove the ghosts from their chapter rooms and from their buildings personally so we became sort of more the go-to people of just tell me that it's weird and make it stop if possible so did this girl know about like like how did um did you have to teach her how to rid of these spirits or did i mean how much mentorship was involved and uh it sounds like there was a little bit of that there was quite a lot but she has a lot of natural talent so it was a matter of not so much teaching her how to do it, but giving her confidence in herself, you know? Yeah, interesting, interesting. How do you, please, I need to know about this, like <laughs> how Stephanie Bingham became the person she is now. Um, parents, I mean, were your parents like this? Like, where did you cultivate these skills? Where, where did this all come from? Well, my parents don't really deal with it quite a lot, but they knew when I was a year and a half old, I came to them and told about the man that came through the window and talked to me at night. Um, And this happened several times until my mom finally got to the point where she's like, okay, cool. And she pulled out an old family photo and she's like, is the person you're seeing in the picture? And I pointed out a man who had recently died who I'd never met. And I wasn't the only family member to have seen him. So they knew from about the time I was a year and a half old that this was going on. And what does a parent do in that situation? 
like like you would think yeah yeah please i must know this is fascinating so my parents took a very unique approach to it which was kind of okay that's interesting and just kind of let me go about my business they did not tell me that i was seeing ghosts they never brought that up i did not know i was seeing dead people until middle school because i'm really slow on the uptake what how did you what what's the day you learned what what did that look like the day you learned this <laughs> it was sort of <laughs> paradigm shifting <laughs> yeah yeah take me to that moment i had just always assumed that there were these two kids in my neighborhood that we used to play with and the other kids used to play with i knew they did we were all playing together in a group until finally one of them said i know who you're talking about but no one else can see them and the day that they actually sat down and told me that, I just kind of broke my brain a little bit that day. Like it was, it was a bad day. It was a very bad day. What? Yeah. Whoa. So, so, so you're really like actually. Yeah. I guess this is the classic thing. I mean, horror movies do this all the time. They, yeah. Right. They do the whole like, oh, it's an imaginary. Oh, it's just her imaginary friend. It's just that. And mm -hmm. but. You know, you are like really like you are not just seeing imaginary friends. You're seeing like imaginary everything or not even imaginary. Mm -hmm. You're seeing everything. And you actually have to take it takes a friend for I mean, was this also a little girl? She must have been like somewhat psychic if she was able to pick up on what you were seeing, but nobody else could see it. What or yeah, what, what was she at? So the other person that was seeing them was actually able to see them as well. So there was a whole group of kids. Out of the group of kids, two of us could see these people and nobody else could. Wow. That is what, that is why I didn't think I was crazy at the time. Because yeah. I had one other friend who was sort of quirky like me and saw the things. Yeah. Can I ask you something? I'm very curious about this. Mm -hmm. yeah. how, do, how do you know you're not crazy now? <laughs> <laughs> I think You're it's a always, legit question. <laughs> it is a legit question. It always is. I think it's a matter of constantly testing that theory. It's a matter of finding other people who claim to have the same quirks and comparing notes. If multiple people are experiencing the exact same thing in the exact same area, independent of one another, you are cross-checking yourself. And at least in that, you know you have the validation of there being something there that at least some of us can experience, even if everyone else can't. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, look, I, I don't want you to feel like you're going to have to defend yourself too much on this interview, though I'm sure you've had to do it your entire life um, in some ways, but maybe not. I mean, you find your community of people um, and and they, you know, like you said, that cross checking is there. I do wonder, though, in a situation like this, Stephanie, are you ever like one day there is a possibility that someone will come to me and say, hey, this is what this is. This is the quote unquote scientific basis for everything you've been experiencing. And all you need to do is take this pill and it's going to straighten that out. Like, is that even possible in your life? Or would you always be like, nah, can't happen. No way. It's something outside of me. And I know it. If there was a way to make it stop, I would not for my own sanity, because I would always know that it's there. Mm. I've, that is what it comes down to to me. I've lived my entire life knowing these things are there and having them be, I mean, they were, they were completely normal to me up until middle school. Like there was, I never gave it a second thought. 
Yeah. So, so the simple so, fact, like it could go away and they would still be there, but you just wouldn't know it. That would freak me out to no end. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I wonder like, could you, what is the difference out there? I mean, if, if in your experience, like what is the difference between someone that might actually see things that are being generated by like some weird circuitry in their head versus like someone like you that is, that knows that they're out there. Like, what do you think that difference is? I think if you look at the situations that they happen in, they are truly independent and truly unique. A lot of the people that have hallucinations associated with mental issues, mm-hmm. there'll be rats, there'll be names, there'll be numbers, there'll be colors. They'll, you know what I mean? They're very abstract sort of theories or uh, very sort of odd things. And they'll tell you to do things. I mean, these, these hallucinations often try and have undue influence in your life. The yeah. things that people like me end up dealing with, I mean, they'll talk to you. They might be kind of weird sometimes, but generally they're not telling you to do something. They'll ask you to say, tell Mary I'm okay. Tell Mary I'm fine. That sort of thing happens. But it's not generally, hey, I need you to go out and uh, rob a bank or something, you know? Right, right. Generally the things that we encounter are asking you to help them do something for someone alive as opposed to, you know, getting you to do something evil. Does it all manifest? Is it, is it all... Um like is it does anyone ever speak out loud to you like or is it just something you're receiving in your head when they talk to you yes to both Um, (laughs) okay okay go into that yeah so when i was younger i didn't realize what was happening so i had no sort of control over what was going on around me at all um so i couldn't really stop it it was very all there all the time and there were plenty of times where people would talk to me and I would talk back only to realize later that nobody else was responding to that person. Uh, But I heard it outside of my ears, but there's been plenty of times where I hear it like you're talking about, especially as I got older and learned to sort of put up boundaries to things where they are outside, I am inside and they'll sort of speak as a second line of thought through your brain, but you, it feels entirely different than yours. It's, It's a very odd sensation. Wow. Yeah, because I was actually just uh, talking to someone the other day who was like, I mean, it really sounds like, uh, you know, sorry, dude, I just interviewed. But um, it does sound like baby stuff compared to what you're talking about in the sense of like, yeah, it's talking about, you know, spirits in the house, like feel it tapping in the spirits, but not actually seeing anything. And then picking up stuff on like those uh, electronic monitors and, you know, like, like this guy did. Did tell me that he spoke to a ghost and uh, or just said like it told the presence to leave the house but he was like yeah i've never had him talk back to me though that would be weird (laughs) i'm like this is what you are dealing with like you are actually dealing with i mean all the time Mm -hmm. what in the world and and still and still they're still they still show up for you yeah Mm -hmm. i learned how to put up boundaries i learned how to put up words essentially my space is here, your space is there. I have a very strict no ghosts in the bedroom rule unless, you know, there's going to be immediately immediate physical harm to myself or someone else. That's the right. only time a ghost is allowed in the bedroom, period. Otherwise, stay out. No, wait a minute. Tell me this. <laughs> I, ghosts in the bedroom just sounds like a great, like, 
<laughs> romance sort of situation. So, no, um, <laughs> this is like a hot, steamy romance novel that you're going to write one day. But okay, Ghosts in the Bedroom. Here's what I'm wondering about. Have mm-hmm. you summoned a ghost into a bedroom in a situation that was potentially harmful? And you don't have to go into the full details, but like, did this... Have you ever been with some, I, let me put it this way. Have you ever been with someone in an intimate way, whatever that means to you, and summoned a spirit to take care of them and it's worked? As in make sure that they don't get hurt? Make sure that, um, that you don't get hurt. Never in that situation, no. Okay. What about even like, like not even intimate? I, and by intimate, I really mean like, like even like one-on-one, like, you know, a mugger. I suppose could be an intimate situation where like someone's going to attack you and you need to like use a spirit to go in there. Like, like, so, (laughs) so funny story. Um, my friends and I, my roommate in college and I, uh, we were coming back from going to eat on campus one night. It was about midnight that we were walking back by ourselves. We're just trotting along, you know, in this essentially forested area on a little sidewalk. Yeah. And, we both stopped dead at the exact same point. We'd been talking. We both stopped talking, stopped dead. Something told us to stop. And she and I are both a little odd. Let's be serious. Um, just a little unique. <laughs> yeah. And we, it was a very weird thing. It was almost like we were in sync because we stopped at the same time, stopped talking, stopped walking. And we both turned directly behind us to where we just walked from and looked back up the path. At this point in time, we saw a gentleman running up on us with a bandana over the lower half of his face. He had just come up from a wooded area up a hill and got onto the pathway and he was running towards us. Um, We turned and we actually started walking back towards him. And he turned on his tail and ran. And about that time, your brain sort of catches up with what's happening. And we bolted for the door of our dorm and we called the cops. Um, And the cops were like, the cops could never find the guy, but they're like, yeah, there's footprints, but we never found the guy who was trying to essentially mug you. So it wasn't so much that we summoned something to help us, but something made us stop. And it wasn't the sound of the man. We were talking. We couldn't hear anything. But we stopped at the same time, turned, and there he was. It was a very odd, odd thing. Oh, wow. That is a good example of this kind of thing. Uh, for sure. Actually, I, mean that- I do have an example of what you're talking about now that I think about it. <laughs> Let's Sorry. see. Is it, is it, is it uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be steamy. Um, well, it wasn't steamy. It was about a ghost trying to help us out. I was at an apartment where I lived by myself in grad school. Yeah. And... I had a man claiming to be a repairman come to the door and I had my cat in my arm and my door to my apartment open. And I was basically saying, no, you can't come in because I didn't schedule any repairs. And I hear a thud behind me and all my cabinet doors had swung open and the man bolted at that point. Um, Oh, those can be very helpful at times. They really can. Wow. This is like, (laughs) I'm so interested in your position with the ghost because as opposed to a paranormal investigator, you are a like, you are whining and dining with these otherworldly beings um you are like you are like living amongst them they're Mm -hmm. kind of like serving you you're serving them like there's friendship there's bonding like what is why literally they're my roommates 
Yeah, like why is it why is it this way for you? Like is everybody it makes me think that everybody like looking at paranormal investigation always like you got to like go out at night and you got to protect yourself and I'm sure you still do, but like how do you develop like a casual friendship with or or like a meaningful friendship with someone on the astral plane? So in particular the one that opened the cabinet doors I picked him up at an apartment, the very first apartment I ever had. And it had been an old folks home, essentially like a retirement community. And they released it to under 55 residents. I was the first one to be in there that was under 55, period. And I get in there and he is this thing. I've got no better term for what he is. He is just a thing that was never a people and I can't quite identify exactly what he is but when it came time like he lived with me in the apartment he was always there he followed the house rules didn't bother my cat so we're all good cool you can hang out i'm fine right Um, right it's literally what it comes down to if they follow the house rules i don't care if you hang out at my house i'm good with it Um, (laughs) wow what do you yeah (laughs) this is like so i mean look stephanie there's no way you've had a normal life at all i mean like Like, what happens when you meet new people? Like, how early does this come out in the conversation? Very early. I, I, it feels dishonest not to. I mean, this is a very large portion of my life. And if you are not okay with it or not willing to deal with it, then I'm sorry we can be friends, but you literally can't be in three-fourths of my life. So congratulations. Wow. Wow. This sounds like a speech that you've like <laughs> had to utter on first dates like many times. Um, <laughs> have you? Yeah, you're not wrong. Have you like, uh, yeah. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. I can't even imagine like what it's like to go out with someone and like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, that's a little weird, Stephanie. I mean, you're kind of, you know, uh, you seem kind of sweet and whatnot, but like, I don't know about that. And you have to be like, okay, uh, just, yeah, so you know. That's fine. I'm very upfront with that. Before a first date, that's going to be mentioned. I mean, it's, guess what, guys? I see dead people. They live with me. Just super haunted. Go with that. Wow. Wow. Now, how often does this turn a guy away? (laughs) A lot. A whole lot. Really? Is is that, where are you? Are you in Kentucky still? I'm in Kentucky still. I was going to say, I wonder what it's like. Uh, I, I wonder if you'd get more traction in like Brooklyn where I am typically. I would think so. The times I've been to New York, it always seems a bit more welcoming. I was yeah. never accused of being the devil in New York. I never had people wave Bibles at me and scream Jesus saves. I mean, you know, Kentucky <laughs> is Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I just, I, I'm so kind of curious about how as well you you mentioned that let's go back to what you were talking about like people went out to you on campus to talk to to deal with these spirits uh, did you ever do any formal like i mean you're a historian on it but mm-hmm. did you ever do any formal like training yourself how to i mean we were i was just talking with someone about like doing sage rituals and putting out candles or do you just mm-hmm. talk to them like how intense of a ritual is it when you're trying to clear a spirit and how did you gain that knowledge if you did so i read a lot and i talk to a lot of people who are very well informed and been doing this for a very 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 long time So when I want to know how to do something, if I don't 
know already, I will read a book. I will find something on it to figure it out. But a lot of what I was doing on campus came very intuitively to me. But mm. nine times out of 10, when I am clearing something, that is a matter of will work. It's a sort of a type of energy work, if you will. Um, and you don't really need a ritual for that. Any ritual at that point is essentially to give the homeowner or whoever resides in a space in a body makes them feel better. It gives them something to hold on to and something for them to say, yes, I saw it happen. I know what happened. And that level of belief on their part will help keep out whatever I have already removed from the space, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, uh, we talk about this a lot as I, I, if you don't know, I have a hypnotist background. Um, sorry, Ooh. listeners, you hear this every episode. But um, <laughs> it, it, what's cool about that is that like one of the kind of trade secrets of hypnosis is that like, you don't need as much ritual as you think you do to get it to work, but you do need as much to get it to work um for the you person need as much as the person needs exactly. <laughs> exactly that is exactly what it is yeah but you're telling me like there is almost i mean what i'm imagining and i'm sure it's a little different but what i'm imagining is what i've seen with distance healers where they will go into a trance-like state and just kind of like sit almost like they're in meditation like in solitude and just whatever that chi is, they're like just sending it out. Like, is that like, what is it actually, if I'm going to film the, the movie scene of Stephanie clearing out a space and it's like bare bones, you don't need to do any candle sage, any of that. Like, what would I be seeing you do? You'd see me go through and I would literally walk around a space and I would walk through the house room to room, sort of feeling and looking at what's actually there. Um, there's really nothing to it at that point. I'm going to identify where the sort of holds the hot spots where the large amount of energy is. And that's where we're going to come back to. Now, if it is a house, there's going to be somebody that lives there. I'm going to bring that person and find whatever it is that they believe in, uh, whatever their religion is, whatever their sort of iconography is. And that's what we're going to do. If they're Catholic, we're going to get the medals. If they are Christian, we're going to get some holy water. I mean, it's a matter of you put it in their terms. But no matter what terms I'm putting it in for them, I am going to end up walking through the house. Essentially, generally, I'm going to take up your right and walk through that house top to bottom and literally force the energy in front of me. There's nothing to see. If there's a ghost there and I'm doing it for a person, I'm going to tell, not ask, but tell the thing that it is leaving and it's leaving now. There's no two ways about it. My will is stronger than yours. I'm in a body. You're not. You're getting out. That's how it's going to work. Interesting. So I'll do that. The person will come behind me and I will have them chanting or praying or focusing on an object a lot of times by doing it for someone who isn't specifically any religion, I will take a crystal or an object, something that looks appealing to them, and I will do the entire thing while holding it, essentially charging the object with my will and theirs. And then at the end, I will leave that object with them so that they have a visual reminder of what happened, and they can constantly feed into that energy that was already there and help keep anything from coming back in later. Oh my gosh. You are like the most fascinating person I've ever heard. Wait a minute. This is like, this is so interesting. Okay. So what I find so interesting about this is that, um, you know, there is, 
a there's an actual component to this which is like mm-hmm. there's like a real component which is you actually like talking to these or or, or connecting with these creatures um not creatures but spirits sometimes creatures um yes yes and then at the other hand there is a ritual component to it to satisfy the person um which is like to me the best of both worlds because on the one hand like i'm exploring on this show what goes into what is like the technique behind the magic of things that that interests Mm -hmm. me i have a magician's background but like a you know, mm-hmm. birthday party card tricks and like, you know, pulling <laughs> rabbits background. Like I have that background. But on the other hand, like magic, meeting magic with a K does mm-hmm. always interest me. And that is like the perfect blend. Like I absolutely I'm, I'm fascinated by, yeah, you're you're putting on a little do you feel like you're doing a little bit of showbiz with some of these people? Absolutely. Now does that I take away from years. Oh no, tell me about that. You were ballerina? I've been for 18 years. I'm incredibly comfortable on a stage. I mean, that is where I grew up, essentially. So I know how to put on a show for people when they need a show. But I look at magic as an extremely sort of exceedingly bare bones sort of chaos magic, if you really want to look at it from that perspective. It is straight energy and will work. I don't do anything else. The only time I'm using ritual is if I'm with somebody else that needs to see that ritual to see it done. I was going to say, like, do you think it... (laughs) Um, <laughs> do you think like the ballerina thing, does that, um, it, do, do you think it does the ritual aspect of it? Like, does it cheapen it at all? How do you justify like making it a little, putting up a little bit of, I mean, I don't know these spirit, you know, some of these spiritual people are always like eliminate all falsehood. It must be true. It must be deep. It must be out of integrity. Um, now that said, even though it's fake, that doesn't mean it's not true. I mean, it. Ah, I come yes, back that's to that sort of, sort of line, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And that's what I've I was wondering. Been looking into this my entire life. Like I have dug into this for years and years and years. If you happen to have a human or inhuman spirit running around in your house and you need it gone, you're not going to take the time to truly understand the mechanics behind the magic. You don't need to. So if I can put this to you in a way that makes it palatable and understandable for you, then it's true. Whether yeah. it's real to me or not, it is still true for you. That's right. It's learning the different languages. That's interesting. And I kind of also agree in the idea in general as an artist, you know, you learn. I, I, I have a performing arts background. I'm an actor, too. Um, and mm-hmm. I definitely think that there is something to the idea of ritual being like a form of alchemical magic. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah yeah and i i think that it's it's sort of uh yeah it's um (laughs) that said like i don't even know if i understand magic or believe in it or have had any direct experiences with chaos magic so i don't know how to reconcile that but then again maybe you can do you think you have ever converted a skeptic i've never tried um, I've had people who have been around me had things happen and will tell me that's the only weird thing that they've ever had happen and that's the only weird thing that they believe in because they saw it. Wow. Converting people is, it's not my bag. Um, yeah. I really don't care. <laughs> just, How do you just get to that out, point? I don't. There's too many people that you don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody could use that. Oh, you just knew. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's what I hear from you. You sound like you are... A like, 
I mean, I, I feel like you are out of a movie. Like you are the person in a film that I consult when there's like a poltergeist in my house. Yeah, pretty much. I, in my life, at least, there are enough people that need actual help and there's enough weirdness out there that I want to poke at personally that if you don't believe me, great, congratulations, have a nice life. Yeah. It doesn't phase me. I mean, if you don't, cool. I've got other things to worry about, people that actually need help and things that I want to go poke. So, you know. <laughs> Do people ever ask you for boy advice? <laughs> no. Never? No. I was no. going to say, I wonder what that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I am notoriously bad when it comes to dating. So, yeah, no, that's that's not a thing. Wait a minute. Notoriously bad. Oh, God. Notoriously yeah. bad, yes. I The whole flirting, just like everything that goes along with dating, I'm really bad at. So, it's just, it's not my bag. Yeah, yeah. But I can't imagine, I mean, like, like somebody... Um, I, 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 somebody must be enthralled with these tales. I mean, you must have like, there must be men who are like, oh, I'm again, I don't know your immediate area. Maybe it's Kentucky. Maybe this would work more in Brooklyn. Um, Probably. I feel like I know a man or two in my life that would be like, <laughs> who is this Stephanie? Tell me more. Tell me more about the ghosts. Um, really, Stephanie, am I just falling in love with you? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> No, but no, but in all seriousness, like I definitely think there is something uh, n enchanting about someone that's like lived among this world before. I mean, is there any sort of uh, do you, do you think you've ever in in your life at any capacity like inspired that kind of like awe celebrity effect that makes people go, I want to know this girl. I want to know everything she's experienced occasionally but that generally happens when i'm lecturing at an event and you'll have that person that comes up later and it's like let me take you out to dinner i need to speak to you until like six in the morning i just need you to tell me stories yeah. um, that's where that happens and it is very much a i want to pick your brain on this one specific type of spirit ready go tell me about ghouls tell me everything you know about ghouls and these and men don't end like, up they're not husband material They've never tried to be, so I would say no. <laughs> what? You're going to give them time? Have these men taken you to dinner and asked you about this stuff and, like, that's Never give them again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Look, now, look, I'm not even convinced that that's, like, the ideal way you want to meet a husband. Not really, no. <laughs> yeah so like folks you know what don't do what i'm doing don't get her on a podcast if you want to <laughs> like develop a long-term partner with someone that's in this realm um but that said like i definitely feel like you um are are such a knowledgeable source on these topics uh like what what are you doing lectures on typically like when do people when you go into a university and start lecturing like what are what are some of the topics you really hit on the biggest university sort of academic lecture I ever did was on vampires. Um, then we've done topics like Marie Laveau, New Orleans voodoo, inhuman spirits, uh, psychic kids, uh, hauntings like Lizzie Borden house, things yeah. like that, of like native spirits to certain areas, like regionally specific native spirits, things like that. Really, anything they ask, I can pull together, but the inhuman spirits and the sort of psychic working of things is very popular. And sort of like the weird 
people like to hear the weirdest folk tales that I can find about random creatures that are supposed to live in X, Y, or Z area of the country. They find those fascinating. Wow. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, what is your niche then? Because on one level, I'm like, if you... <laughs> I, <laughs> if you find it, let me know, please. Because yeah. <laughs> on one level, I'm like, you could talk about all the stuff that you've experienced, but also mm -hmm. people are consulting you to talk about things that maybe you haven't experienced firsthand. But, I mean, it, with all these topics that maybe, like, if somebody asks you about, I mean, in my hometown, Dover, Massachusetts, there's the Dover Demon. That's like... Demon, yeah. Yeah, it's a little white mm -hmm. creature um, with uh, red eyes, and I'm sure people people have asked about that in all sorts of like paranormal scenes when they know of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like, do you are you able to give a very unique spin, or do you feel like you still have to like put your academic brain on and just kind of spit back out a synthesized version of the literature like what is the stephanie bingham touch that you bring to even fields that you may have not even experienced directly in things like that i sort of take it the way that i did my master's thesis i did that on spiritualism i looked at women who were mediums specifically people who talked to dead people and I came at it from an academic point, yes, but I also came at it from, I believe this stuff is real. I've seen it. I know it is. So when I'm talking about things that I do not have direct firsthand experience with, I come at it very much that same way. Until I see proof otherwise, nine times out of ten, I'm going to go at this from this is the stories. From what I have personally seen, I believe it could be X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. You make your choice from these things that I can give you, but these are what I have. You know, I don't try and make people's decisions for them. Wow. So, yeah, because I'm wondering, like, do you have an underlying philosophy that unifies all these experiences like do you have is there a worldview that you have that like allows you to like someone said to me recently like oh it's all their ghosts or maybe just interdimensional beings and that sort whatever that means um is there is there a religion of stephanie bingham and if there is what's in the scripture if there was a religion it is literally i one of my degrees is in anthropology so this idea of cultural relativity you understand things from their perspective. Personally, I believe that most things that are not people are relatives of the same thing, like breeds of dogs. They can be exceedingly unique, but they are still relative to one another. So an angel, a demon, a djinn, a pukwaji, they're all creatures that work the same way. And then you have all of the human things that work the same way. So I, you have to understand things from where they come from, but it is a matter of everything is possible, everything is real, but it is real in its own mind. Oh, you really, I know, like, <laughs> we're almost an hour into this, but you just, like, dropped something that was like, what does that mean? Could you please explain what that means a little bit more? I really need you to break <laughs> that down. That's so interesting. So the idea of cultural relativity is that you cannot understand a culture from outside it. You must right. understand it from inside it. So if I take that and apply it to something that thinks that it is a fairy, for, for instance, if I have something that is in a house causing a problem and it thinks it's a fairy, if I go in there and act towards it, 
like it is a human spirit and or better yet that it's a demon i'm going to get a catholic priest in there to get it out that is going to serve to piss it off and nothing else eventually you might get it out that way but it doesn't believe in what you're doing against it so to save yourself the work you play on its terms so it doesn't matter if i believe that it is real it believes that it is real so if the way to get that fairy out is to give it an offering, apologize, and it'll hit the road, guess what I'm doing? Exactly that. How do you know what to do with each one? Like, is it, do, do, uh, do you have to read up on it or do they ever like, or is that something you intuitively just know? Generally, it is something you have to read up on. Occasionally, they will tell you what they want. And if they tell you, that makes your life a lot easier. Wow. <clears throat> what is, um... <laughs> this is like you know you were this is sorry oh. <laughs> no no it's totally fine i'm like i i'm like oh gosh i'm causing her to break down right now with all these questions i'm throwing at no. you um okay good good um <laughs> you still have room for some more questions go for it okay this is like i mean this is just very exciting to me um because <laughs> i don't even know i feel like i'm talking to some like Oh, gosh. I don't know. You're like the Miss Frizzle of the spirit world or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Only if I get the lizard. I want the lizard. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, like what I imagine, like, a, like a comic, a female comic book nerd of like the spirit world would be. And maybe you are. Um, do, you, do you like like sci-fi at all? Some parts of it, yes. Some parts of it, yes. <laughs> oh, why? Why? I'm what? Massive Star Wars friends. Massive oh. Star Wars fan. I like things like that. I'm not into like comic books and things of that nature, but I like the sort of stuff that goes around the ephemera, if you will. But yes. yes, for me, the fandom is always Star Wars, hands down. There's no question. What is your What is your favorite kind of art to consume? Favorite kind of art, yeah. as in visual art. I, I guess, uh, or just like genre, like like media. Like if you're gonna pick up fiction and watch a f- fictitious movie, like like or TV show, like what are the what are the genres that like really get you like excited? I like mysteries. I like uh, crime. I like uh, period pieces. Anything that is unique and weird. I want it to be slightly off kilter, no matter what it is. Wow. Wow. You are like speaking to my soul right now. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, did you ever watch Lost? That's like my favorite. It used to be. I watched parts of it. I did not get into Lost as well as I should have. That's totally fine. It was a bummer ending anyway. <laughs> um, but there's definitely, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of like, well, you know what? When you talk about the gin, um, the closest mm-hmm. thing that this makes me think of is there is that show on HBO, The Outsider, based on a Stephen King series, where the girl on the show who's like an FBI agent, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to study this woman. I forget what her name is on the show. I don't know. Are you familiar with that show at all or the Stephen King book? I am not. No. She is like. An the one actor. I think of with Jin is American Gods. Yes. Neil Gaiman. Oh, that's good too. Mm-hmm. That is good too. Yeah. Yes. 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 Very much so. Um. Yeah. Now this woman ends up becoming like she academically studies uh, all the dark spirits because there is – well, what it is is that like there is a man – uh, Jason Bateman actually plays him, who 
kills is responsible for the murder of a small boy in the town but on video they identify that this man is in two locations at the same time and the only explanation oh, that's cool. is shape-shifting it's a shape-shifter uh-huh. um uh-huh. tell me about shape-shifting is that real at all are there creatures that embody other humans such that they could be in the same place at the same time so the one that comes to mind with that is a little shark teeth girl that pushed me down a flight of stairs. Um, what? What? Tell so, me. Yes, please tell me. So <laughs> my college roommate. Let's crazy. go back to college yet again. Okay. Again, Did all of this happen religious. in college? I don't even think anything happened outside of college. I think you were just... Oh, I no. Think you... A lot of stuff's happened out of college. College was just when everything sort of went a little crazy for four years. It's fine. We're seven, whatever. Uh, wow. So okay. my college roommate's mom was exceedingly religious, went on a mission trip to minister to a tribe who didn't want to be ministered to. She then accepted a gift from them. It was a string of beads and brought them back, thought nothing of it. Beads get back to the house. They start hearing things, walking and giggling and just overall feeling weird at their house. They tell their daughter their daughter decides the best thing to do is remove the object from the location. I would agree with her up to this point. Okay. She then decides the best thing to do is put the beads under my bed without telling me and just go about our lives. So within uh. about a week, I have two or three of my friends come to me and tell me independently of one another that they're having weird dreams of this little girl and they're either laying down in a bathtub or a bed and she's smiling and they're really freaked out. And I'm like, guys, I don't deal with dreams. Sorry you're creeped out, but I don't know what to do for you. And so all this culminates to Saturday when in my ever busy social life, I'm doing laundry and laundry is in the basement of the building. So I've got my little basket. I'm going down the stairs to do laundry. And this is a suitcase campus. Everybody. So there's like nobody on the bottom floor at all in the basement. And I get to the top of the stairs and I feel everything shift. It is a, it's a very palatable feeling when you know what it is. It's like the air becomes super thick or super electric all at once. You know, something's manifesting. So I know to look out for something, but I don't know what I'm looking for. And about that time, I feel little hands on the back of my leg. She pushes forward. I drop the laundry basket, fall about halfway down the staircase. I grab the banister because I didn't want to die and sort of collect myself there. And I end up about as far down the staircase as I am tall. So about five feet down that staircase, I catch myself. And at that point, I sort of start getting to my feet and I look back up to the top of the landing. And there stands probably the cutest little kid I've ever seen in my life. She's a tiny little thing, maybe about waist high on me, little rose-colored dress, dark hair, dark eyes, and she is smiling. Cute, cute, cute kid. And everything is right until I get to her smile. And that is when I realize she does not have human teeth. She has what appears to be a shark's teeth. And I don't have the best flight or fight response. Because in that moment, all I could think was she hurt me and I'm going to get her. So I decide to run up the stairs at her. Luckily for me, she is gone by the time I get there. And that's about when my brain catches up with me saying, well, what are you doing? Yeah. And is it that, yeah. <laughs> right? 
right? And I sort of realize what just happened, and I'm like, well, I, you know, and I run back to the dorm room, tell my roommate what just happened, and she's like, oh, yeah, I put these beads under your bed. <gasps> Great. <What>? So we then <laughs> need to get rid of them at that point. She's bound to the beads, and she's essentially doing her job. She's a protector of those people. She's not malevolent. She's malicious, yes, but she's not malevolent. She's doing her job to protect her people from outsiders. Great. We need to get her back to her people. Don't have a mailing address. I can't burn things because we are on a college campus, and I cannot bury them because we are on a college campus. Luckily for us, we were near the Kentucky River, so we took them out, tied them to a rock, and threw them in the river. Little shark tooth girl never showed back up again. Hopefully she's back with her people where she belongs now. So... There's that. Wow. But she could not fully form as human because she was not a human spirit. Long story to get there, but that's what that's about. Uh, um, <laughs> how often do you, have you seen other like half humans before? That clearly? More often than not, it's more often than not, not half human, just fully inhuman, but yeah. And do they look like do they look like 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 you know you seeing another person like is it that level of the same exact thing like is it like you seeing like a friend could walk in and they or is it like an apparition like that kind of thing or a specter so I can sort of turn up and down kind of i can sort of turn up and down what's going on in my brain like if i need to function as a person i'm going to turn it all the way down that doesn't mean i don't see them but it means that i'm better able to ignore them so they, they're less solid, for lack of a better explanation. So, <laughs> how, can, how can you see it, but everybody else can't? What do you think is going on there? Can you train people to see these things? Would you recommend it? No, I absolutely would not recommend it. Uh, you can train people to feel them quite often. I think it's like singing. Everybody can do it sort of, but some people are really good and some people really aren't. Uh, but everyone can do it to an extent and a lot of times that extent is feeling that energy pretty much everyone can feel it you know when you've walked into a room and there's just been a fight and you can feel that tension in the air yes that's what you're feeling for that is exactly it if you've been on stage before and you know what it feels like when the audience is with you that yeah. is the feeling if you can know how to identify that you can learn how to identify the things around you by simple feel I just think wow. I drew the short end of the stick when it comes to seeing them or the long end, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I, just for you, and I want to, you know, before you wrap this up, I also want to ask you about the psychic aspect of things because, like, we haven't even gone that direction. Um, and maybe that could be a whole nother interview. I don't know because I'm very curious about that as well. <laughs> um, but are you like, have you actually done full-blown, like, what you see in The Exorcist? Have you done exorcisms? Have I ever kicked a spirit out of a human's body? Yes. Ah, okay. So, so, and you've, like, had to put on, you know, you <laughs> mentioned, like, bringing the Bible in and bringing the, the holy water for the ritual aspect of things. I mean, does it look like what you mm -hmm. see in The Exorcist? Like, was a spirit talking through someone else and like, like, like was, was it that level? Yes. Mm -hmm. please, yeah. des please describe it. A Absolutely. More. What did you encounter? <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. So the ones that I have seen personally have not been the Christian style exorcisms. They've been other things that have possessed bodies. So these things, they want to talk, they want Everything about the person's 
demeanor and physicality changes. I was a dancer for a very long time, so I learned how to look at how people are holding their bodies to figure out which way they're going to move. It's sort of how you work on stage if you don't know your partner well. If you know where to look, you can sort of see which way they're moving and which way they're about to go, and it makes your life on stage easier. So if you watch someone who is under some sort of possession or possessory state like that, or even a trance state where they allow a spirit to speak through them, the entire yeah. physicality changes. The way they hold their muscles change. The way they hold their mouth will change. The way they hold their eyes will change. It's a very odd thing, and it's a very subtle shift, but if, if you know what to look for, you can see it. The cadence of their voice change. The deepness of the voice, just the timbre of it will change up and down, and the way they speak changes. Like the patterns of speech, the way they speak, with words that they would say, they'll all be different. Sometimes it's not the right language, and that's when you really, really wishing you had a uh, reliable recording device at that point. But yeah, when everything changes so drastically, it's not even a question in your mind what's happening at that point, or it isn't for me. I mean... They've actually spoken other languages. They've actually spoken other languages. You've mm -hmm. been around that. Yeah. Yeah, what? Do you that. know what language it was? Like, was it Latin or was it? No idea. It wasn't Latin. It definitely wasn't Latin. It wasn't a language that I'd heard before, and it could have been glossolalia. It absolutely could have been, but it was a repeatable enough syllabus of phrasing that they had that it sounded like a language, if that makes sense. Why did it take Whatever over this it was, thought it was speaking. Why do you think it did it? Like, Which why do you time? think it went... <laughs> which uh, 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 I this guess is, this is not a one-time thing we're talking about here um, oh my gosh sometimes wow. because the person is easy to take over and I mean you see this sometimes where certain groups will willingly allow spirits like a walk-in to speak through them uh transpossessions do it transpossessive mediums do it spiritualist mediums voodoo priestesses things like that uh and it changes from incident to incident why they're allowing it to happen or why it is happening. Sometimes it is a religious expression of experience. Sometimes it is to get information from that spirit. Sometimes because that spirit is a jerk. It all yeah. depends on the exact encounter you're talking about. Do you think, I mean, you know, in your experience, it seems like everybody, there, there are some positive spirits and there are some negative ones. Uh, is, mm -hmm. is it the same as... Like humanity, like humans got some good people, we got some bad people, uh, you know, like, like what is, speak to me about the range of dispositions that these spirits have. Like, why are some haunting and why are some, like, helping? I think it comes down to the personality of the human spirit, when it is human spirit you're talking about. They're good people when they're alive, they're good people when they're dead. If they're not, then they're not. When it comes to the other things it becomes a little more nuanced. Nine times out of 10, the other things are going to be neither good nor bad. It is somewhere in between and it's on what day you catch them, quite literally, or if you've done something to them that they take offense to. So wow. it just ranges. It's like dealing with an animal. Like you can walk up to a, you know, a cat. Some days it'll let you pet you, some day it won't. It's just a matter of what day you catch these things on and if you bring them fish or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, um, do you think you've ever talked like, like actually changed the uh, attitude of someone that when they were living wouldn't have been able to? 
change the attitude of a dead thing. Yeah. Like, like, do you think you can yeah. do more therapeutic work when they're dead than when they're alive? <laughs> Generally speaking. Generally speaking. The I guess that's like the ghost whisperer. <laughs> yeah, there's like the kind ghost whisperer, but then there's like the ghost, like, soother. Um, kind of. Yeah, I kind don't know. Of. I mean, most things like that have very specific wants and demands or needs, whereas people, there's always 20 things that go into one. So it's it's just a matter of the situation. Everything is situational, unfortunately. Yeah, all right. When, uh, what creatures are with you right now? Creatures are with me right now? My yeah. dog. <laughs> do you see any... Do you ever say so? So, do, when do they like? How often do they show up on a daily basis these days? Uh, so think about the times you might see a dog when walking to work. Uh, some days you're going to see ten. Some days you're going to see none. That is literally my life. You have the ones that live at your house that you're always going to see. Totally cool. And then when you're out and about in public, some days there's all of them, and some days there's none of them. So generally, it's going to average probably two or three. But generally, it is in passing where I see them. I'm not going to acknowledge them, so they're not going to come talk to me, and I go about my day. So if they you were to have someone over for, like, tea, <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, I'm just imagining this is your life. I don't know if that's true. But I feel like Stephanie Bingham, like, not far sips off. tea. And, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you sip tea, you pet a cat, and then you delve into, like, the mythology of some native culture that you're not familiar with yet but they're paying you the lecture. Yes. Um, okay. Exactly. So, so, you know, you're sipping your tea. I mean, someone, say someone comes over and they just want to have like a charming afternoon with you. Are you going to like walk by the cabinet and like wave at the creature that, or the thing that the person can't see? Or um, how much of that is sort of like, hey, while well, well, I have company over, I'm not going to talk to you guys. But I guess people do know about this part of your life, but like how much would you do? Yeah, would you acknowledge it? Like, am I, you know, if 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 uh, someone hangs out with you, are they going to see like you regularly greeting and socializing with non-existent corporeal beings? entities? Yes, no. yes. <laughs> so again, house rules: like, don't freak out the people that come over without good reason. Like, if there's something that we need to know, and it's you know, about someone being harmed or something, sure, tell us. Otherwise, be quiet. It'll be fine. They'll be gone shortly, and you can say whatever you want. So just be on your best behavior when company is over. It's like Have they ever misbehaved? Pets. Have they ever misbehaved? Yes. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. I mean, like, like, would someone who was, like, ever uh, maybe didn't believe in it cease it? Yeah, that's what you said. You told me earlier that, like, you people have been around you and something has happened, and then they've walked away, like, being like... That would never uh-huh. have happened if you weren't yep. around. Like, what's a good example of that? Maintenance men, uh, a lot of times they don't like them being in there and they will move items. I've had multiple maintenance men that are like, I set my, my screwdriver down there. I turned around and it was over there. It moved four feet by itself. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, it's haunted. And I'm like, yeah. And they leave. That is a ridiculously common occurrence around there. It's generally something like that. It is an item moving that they know should not have moved or it is something that they see out of the corner of their eye just long enough to creep them out enough to get them out of their territory do you scold them when they do that yes mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. well depends on if i want them to or not but yeah 
Oh my gosh. What is like, 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 do you, do you put them in timeout? Like what is the punishment for um, a corporeal, be- <laughs> if I can pronounce it, corporeal being misbehaving? <laughs> so if I have one of them that misbehaves and it's something small, it's guys, what are you doing? Come on. Just literally you scold them. If like, you can't mess with the cat. That is the a number one rule of the house. You cannot mess with the cat. If they do, they're kicked out. They don't get to stay. Wow. And that's what it comes down to. So you having a cat, are, is this like, <laughs> is this a descendant of ISIS? Like, like what is going on with the cats? Uh, I feel like cats have like a spiritual Bastet, connection. yes. Mm-hmm. The Egyptian goddess Bastet, yes, of course. Um, so I got a Siamese cat. Siamese cats were originally bred to keep ghosts out of Buddhist temples. Hmm. And so they are highly prone to seeing ghosts, even more so than most cats. So I got one that sees them so that even when I'm alone at my house, if I see something weird and the cat's looking at it too, we're all good. Wow. This is so, I mean, you, you're like blowing my mind tonight so many ways. Um, <laughs> the psychic stuff, very briefly, like, like, how does that play into your life? Are you like constantly reading people's thoughts do people seek you for readings in general like a formal uh kind of like hey tell me what's going on speak to my spirit guides like how does what is being a psychic what does that mean for you so i feel things from other people i know things it's literally a clear knowing of things that i should have no business knowing i don't do readings publicly nine times out of 10 because it is such a draining process for me. I physically cannot do it much for someone without literally being wiped out. So I will do it in extreme cases. I will do it if uh, someone's missing. I have occasionally done it for that. For friends that need help with something specific, I will do it. But in general, it is not something that I like to do when it comes to a one-on-one reading situation. And it also comes back to that thing. If somebody's coming to me, generally they're not wanting to know something deeply personal about themselves. They want to know about someone who has passed. They want to talk to that loved one that's dead. And I can't ensure that they're going to get the person that they want or that that person's not going to lie to them. So I don't do it because morally it feels wrong to me. So Mm. uh, psychic stuff for me comes in a lot more often when I'm doing an investigation or when I'm helping somebody with an investigation and I can feel that they're not telling the truth. That is a much more common usage of it for me in situations like that, where you need to get information out of someone or you need to get the truth out so you can deal with the situation, just sort of using that as a, as a worm in essentially. How do you, have you found any lost person before? Like missing people? No. Have you actually... Really? <laughs> the times that it has happened, it has been unfortunate outcomes. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So yeah. it's, oh, oh, oh. Um, wow. What do you think is like, <laughs> this is, I, I, I mean, are, are you like an undercover psychic, like in some ways? Like, what is, I, I, I've heard of psychic detectives before. Um mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting that you take much more of an academic approach in general and like a much more clinical psychic approach as opposed to what, 
you know, there are a lot of charlatans out there, A, but B, there are a lot of people that like are doing readings and the psychic network and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, what do you, I mean, how do you discern between someone that's really got the gift and, you know, someone that is that you can take legitimately for their services? If someone, if one of my friends is coming to me saying that they want to get a reading and they're asking me what to look for, number one thing you look for is references. You need to know what their history is, you know how long they've been doing it, and how accurate they have been for other people independent of that psychic's own sort of telling of it. You need to know that. You also need to be able to, you can get to the same place as them, literally sit in front of them and sort of feel them out. Now, that's going to help sometimes and sometimes it's not, but it is a matter of literally going through, getting it on referral, and then trying to use that internal thing that people have to see whether or not that person is believable and or trustworthy to them. And then I always tell my friends, take it with a grain of salt. Even if what they're saying is true, most of the time those points in the future are not set in stone. You can change anything you want to change. So if you don't like it, do something about it. You know, it's that sort of thing, at least huh. from my perspective. Yeah. How do you, um, it, man, you gave such a good, you gave such a good clinical, like academic answer <laughs> to that question. Um, do, do people, do people like when, they, when they're seeking you out, I mean, do you work by referral? Do you have like a, uh, I, I, I don't know. I didn't see too much like research, at least before our episode, you weren't like, go to stephaniebingham.com and check out that kind of stuff. Like how do people, how do people find you? Typically. People find me on referral. People find me on referral either from a ghost hunting group or a ghost hunting group will reach out to me because they're having issues with something. I have psychics that will sometimes reach out to me when they need help with something. Or it is a thing where it's word of mouth, hands down, all word of mouth. Occasionally they'll see me on something and they'll be like, hey, I saw you on this thing. Great, cool. You know, that's not going to generally lead me into anything with them unless they are having a very specific issue. Because again, no. I don't do public readings like that. So, you know. What is the work you love doing? What's your favorite part of like living this life? What like really gets you like excited about the fact that you are prone to experiences that are different? You never know what's going to happen next. You never know what thing it is that you've never heard of before is going to show up in some random place, in some random case. And then suddenly you have to figure out what it is, what it wants, and why it's there. Is there it's anything fascinating. that's... fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, how often are you surprised? A lot. <laughs> I mean, there's some things like, if you're going to a specific area, you can look and you say, all right, these are the things that were common in mythology at the time. Great. I have a basic understanding of what could be here. And then you walk in and it is something from halfway around the world. How did it get here? Why is it here? What is it doing? It's... It's just fascinating. Do you see fairies? Fae are a very interesting topic. There yeah. certainly are things that identify as fae, yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's different than, you know, I mean, uh, the classic one is the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, like, fake-out fairies, that photo right? shoot with those fairies. Right? The little pixie type? Yeah. My problem is nine times out of 10 when you're dealing with something like that, it's not going to be a pixie. It's going to be one of those things that was big and tall and terrifying. 
Wow. They, what do you, they came in a lot of different forms. What about, does the Bible fit into any of this at all? Sure. There are things that identify as angels. There's things that identify as demons. If you're dealing with something like that, then you need to go by what it says there. If something thinks it's a demon or something is a demon, two different categories there. If I go in there and try and get rid of it, I'm going to be wasting my breath and my energy. Eventually it would work, but it'd be much easier for me to bring some guy in a collar in and have him do the work. Wow. You know, they respect that. I'm a girl. They're not going to respect me. What, so now, no, what is that? Is there an anti-woman-like feeling among demons? Not so much that. It is literally their culture. Look at it from that sort of cultural, uh, cultural aspect there. That is what they respect, is the clergy of their either side or their, what they're against. So a demon is powerless against men of God people of the word, people of the book, things like that. So you need someone that fits that bill to speak to that thing in its own language. Do you think for my listeners, it's bad news that the patriarchy exists in the astral plane? It doesn't so much exist as some things believe it exists, but <laughs> it's, it's not a great thing. You just need to know how it functions so you can use it to your own advantage. You're not wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, Oh my gosh. This is, have you ever, have you ever spoken to God? No. Is I'd be there? interested in conversation though. <laughs> I, I am prone to believe that there is some sort of higher power of that nature. Yeah. But I don't know what or who or where. Interesting. Interesting. What do you not believe in? <laughs> I know. I gotta ask. I'm just. I feel like I'm never gonna speak to you ever again after this. So I'm like, I gotta get it all out. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Uh, what do I not believe in? Not a lot. I'm willing to believe that other things believe they are a lot of different things. Pretty much anything for that matter. Do I believe yeah. that there is physically a werewolf running around a human? Physically in a body that can transform into a wolf physically in a body? Probably not. I'd be happy to be proven wrong on that one, but probably not. You know, Vamp I have a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go through them all. <laughs> I'm fascinated. Vampire, the immortal vampire that is truly unaging. No. Is there something else that is a vampire? Yes. What? What does that mean? <laughs> like, are we talking like blood sucking? Like, are there creatures out there that are... Are there inhuman. people out there that drink blood? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are there inhuman spirits that feed on blood? Uh-huh. Huh. You know, one of the weirdest... Well, not energy, but blood, but yeah. One of the weirdest experiences in my life was at a... Oh, gosh. I feel like you'd love this place. Um, I used to work at the Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> Club in New York City. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Which mm -hmm. is such a fun place i mean uh i was an actor there i was a butler mm -hmm. and uh went around the tables and messed around and for those that don't know this jekyll and hyde club is like a themed restaurant that is full of werewolves and talking mummies and all sorts of spooky things but it's very it's a very fun mm -hmm. place and one night i went in and this couple came in and they had things and I was yep. like, oh, you know what? Okay, these guys, it's like it's a themed night. You know, it wasn't a Halloween night, but it was just like they came in and they were like, yeah, we're members of the New Jersey Vampires. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, okay. whatever. And then the guy was uh -huh. like, yeah. Um, you know what the weirdest part is, though? 
And I was like, what? And he's like, when you can make them disappear. And then all of a sudden, he didn't do anything. He opened his mouth. The fangs were gone. Three seconds later, they came back. And I don't think, uh-huh. I swear, it wasn't like a magic trick. Like, to me, this man and the woman he was live with legitimately was able to retract fangs. And I know people are going to listen and tell me, Greg, there's like a, there's a thing you can buy out there. I've seen it. There is an item out there. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it there did is. not look fake. It looked real. That is the closest I've experienced, or at least it made me in that moment, Stephanie, go like, maybe vampires are real. Maybe. Um, uh-huh. That. I mean, like, what is your experience with that kind of thing? Are they out there? They are. We don't have enough time to really go into that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my <laughs> Absolutely. gosh. You are teasing another episode. But again, <laughs> <laughs> again, though, not the immortal type, but another type. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know several. Do you, do you deal with, do you, so do you deal with cults? Try not to. <laughs> Wait a minute. So we got <laughs> vampires, we got zombies or zombies out there. Uh, in a historical context, there have been voodoo-style voodoo zombies done with a type of blowfish, I believe it's blowfish poison, for several hundred years, yes. Not, again, the flesh-eating type, but as the voodoo zombie, it's a, it's a very different concept. But a sort of mindless servant, yes. Oh, my gosh. Stephanie Bingham. <laughs> <laughs> The what problem do we do? Is there's a historical context for most everything. When you get down to it, there is a original story that spawned everything originally. So, look, you know. I don't. Someone out there listening, like, like, don't ask the. Okay, look, like I said, gentlemen out there, do not ask her to explain <laughs> any of these things to her. She just wants a nice man that is respectful that tolerates these views that tolerates this if anybody out there is listening stephanie is there <laughs> right, you know what can we <laughs> i don't know if my show is gonna find you a husband um <laughs> but like you know like what what do you want more in the world than anything i don't even care about that what do you want more than anything right now in your life what would make your life even better who adventure being able to get out for COVID to go away so we can get back out and do things again to calm everything down i'm in louisville so to have some peace in this city for what's going on right now just all of that to just some compassion and some understanding i think that that along with some healing for the covid so everybody can get out and do what they do again is really all anyone could ask for right now does someone need to rescue you from kentucky (laughs) (laughs) possibly who knows (laughs) <laughs> Stephanie Bingham, you are so fascinating. I've really enjoyed uh, this it's been conversation. Fun. Yeah, this has been great. I feel like everybody go to East Kentucky University. It sounds like the best time ever. Um, this has been the best advertisement for that. But also check out Stephanie Bingham's work. I mean, is there anywhere? I know you you told me before that a lot of your events, uh, you know, sort of been postponed mm. or because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, where else can people learn about you? Uh, they want to see my work. Uh, there are several books out there floating around that I've been featured in. Uh, Haunted America. There's some uh, Paranormal Encounters books that I've done or been a part of. 
If they want to see me on screen, CW Seed, uh, Mysteries Decoded, Lizzie Borden, I co-hosted that episode. You can see me trans-channeling Lizzie Borden's mother and talking to Lizzie Borden. That was a fun night. Um, oh, You can wow. also see me on... <laughs> I could yeah, have had you happens. channeling on this episode. You could have channeled. No, mm -mm. no. <laughs> I will kill the electronics if I do that near an electronic. Oh my <laughs> gosh. What? you? <laughs> this may be the most interesting interview ever. Um, maybe. <laughs> perhaps. I don't know. Possible. Um, you never know. Yeah. Stephanie Bingham, we started by talking about how you are a strange little lady exploring the weirdness around your her um See, it fits yeah yeah um i i think you yeah i am i am more than <laughs> anytime anytime you have a new experience i want you to come on the show and talk about it um <laughs> i'd be happy to come back whenever you need oh my gosh stephanie bingham you are awesome. Thank you so much for entertaining me. Uh, I am like riveted by your story, by your adventures, and I, I hope to definitely chat with you again soon. I hope so too. It's been really fun. Awesome. Wow. So what do we learn in this episode? We learned that Stephanie Bingham, the moment she grew up till the moment she got in college. She was a dancer, and by the time she actually got to college, she was doing a little number called the Monster Mash, plus a bunch of kids drinking and ripping as many substances as humanly possible, also opening up portals by accident. Huh? Look, we need to be paying attention to what's happening in Kentucky. Clearly, you know, I, I, I don't think about Kentucky enough, but I'm definitely thinking about it now. You know, if you're listening to this and looking for a university, I went to NYU. I didn't get to open a portal with a Ouija board, and I paid a lot of money to go to that school. I'm still paying. Ridiculous. What a ripoff. Either way, Stephanie Bingham really, she blew my mind with her experiences. Like I said, I have no, I do not have experiences directly with these realms. However, Stephanie is clearly, she's invited to talk at campuses about these things, and she experiences them firsthand all the time. They're around her constantly. Wow. How do you raise kids in that world? Do you tell the kids? Hmm. I wonder what the psychic parenting protocol is. Either way, Stephanie Bingham, loved having her on, gotta have her on again. I want to know about the history of vampires. I'm sure she'll give us some good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow, Halloween, or the episode following this in the future, I will be speaking with a inhuman essence coming through another human being. We're going to have hypnosis. There's going to be aliens. It's everything you want on open loops this episode. Thank you, Stephanie, for coming on. It was everything I wanted. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. Have a good one.